0: Our um, New Testament reading this morning comes from Matthew chapter 20, verses 20 through 28. Then the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons. She knelt respectfully to ask a favor. What is your request, he asked. She replied, in your kingdom, please let my two sons sit in places of honor next to you one on your right and the other on your left. But Jesus answered by saying to them, you don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I am about to drink? Oh, yes, they replied. We are able. Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup, but I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. My Father has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. But Jesus called them together and said, You know that the official rulers in this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Please join me in prayer. Gracious and glorious Heavenly Father, thank you, so much this morning for this wonderful cool fall day thank you for the rains you've recently sent and lord we know what's in your plans to send us more at your will thank you for this church family and all it means to all of us lord we thank you for the bags and for their gifts to us Lord, I come to you now, and I ask that you bless Ken as he gives your message this morning. Let him speak the words that you've placed in his heart to share with us with courage and boldness. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Thank you for downloading our podcast. Make sure to subscribe to get new ones every week. And don't forget to check out First Methodist Sweetwater's website and social media. Now, here is Pastor Ryan Striebeck. I just want to take just a moment to introduce our uh, guest preacher today, Uh, and many of you know Mr. Ken Becker, but if you don't, this is Ken Becker, and uh, he is, among other things, uh, serves as our lay leader here at First Methodist Church, and so that carries a variety of responsibilities, but one of those, uh, in his case, means every so often he will deliver a sermon here, or uh, he's been known to, he's kind of like the early circuit riders. He'll be, you know, one Sunday he might be in Rotan, or he might be in Blackwell, or He's gone all over, Dorn Chapel, Lorraine, uh, and it's just a great service to our community of Methodist churches in the area. But uh, I have to say that one of my greatest joys of ministry here in Sweetwater uh, has been... uh, working with Ken and and working together as we both try to become better preachers. Uh, and so walking through sermons and talking through different things and working through the, the whole practice of preaching has been a lot of fun, and I have a lot of respect for Ken as a servant, as a leader, uh, and, and now as a preacher. And so if you would join me in welcoming Mr. Ken Becker. So.
2: Well, he just gave the sermon, so just let us bow in prayer. It's amazing the talent that this church has. To hear Martha, hear Brian, hear Jonathan in the special music. Cindy, that was a great testimony. And thank you for actually preparing them for the sermon when you talked about the next generation, because there's several spots I'll be talking about that. And thank you, Carl, for your prayers. You know, there's many examples of leadership changes in the Bible, similar to what we was talked about in Elijah and Elijah. Another one may have been back when you think of Moses and Joshua. They had a plan and had a seamless transition from one to another. Not all leadership changes work out as smoothly as it did with Moses and Joshua. The more you use a planning process and mentoring the better chances of success that you will have. Another great example is found when God led Peter from being an opponent to change, to becoming the champion of change. And then we also will find in Genesis, Abram experienced incredible change through his encounters with God. God asked for a complete overhaul of Abram's career, his dreams, and his destiny. God even changed his name to Abraham to signify the depth of this change. How did Abram respond? Well, it tells us in Genesis 6 15 Abram believes the Lord, or believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteous. You know, as I was reading 1 Kings 19, I decided to go back a few verses and starting in verse five, then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head were some bread baked over hot coals and a jug of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There is where he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand by the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great powerful wind tore the mountain apart and scattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there came a fire but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. I don't know about you, but I'm not sure that I could have stood there waiting on the Lord that long. I've kind of led an impatient life, and when I want something... I kind of want something, but I also want it right now. So when there was that many messages, I think it may be after the first or second one, I might have kind of turned and walked away and said, he said he was coming, he's not here, I'm not going to wait any longer. You know, one of the things we'll find in the Bible is, is that changing of our environment and our process is something that is constant. I think we'll also find that changing in leadership is also a constant. We see that in times a change in leadership is not always required to change our environment. Other times we find that a perfect storm comes together when leadership changes and also our environment is changing at the same time. I think that we're seeing some of that at some levels in our community today. As we grow and have more offerings for our younger generations, we will see more involvement in our organizations, our businesses, and our churches. Since our churches are a microcosm of the communities we inhabit, we would expect to see leadership changes in the places we worship as well as our community. This past week, As I was working on the message, to let you know for sure, uh, I call Ryan on Sunday afternoon and he's going to his camping spot, and he said, oh, by the way, uh, I was going to call you this afternoon. I said, oh, what about? And he said, can you preach this Sunday? So we have that relationship where that uh, uh, works out quite well, and he always helps me on these. But I had a conversation with a friend about our community. We both agree that we see changes, and I think positive changes, in Sweetwater, and starting to see a little bit of changes in the leadership, not so much just in people, but in the ideas, the processes, the tasks, and the results that we have, are headed into in a different direction. This individual went on to say that they have been seeing more younger families in their church and around the community. They also mentioned that they could see a gradual change in the leadership as room for the next generation in leadership roles were opening and being planned for. When we look at the qualities and characteristics of a leader, We can learn so much about a a leader by studying the greatest leader of all, Jesus Christ. Servant leadership, by the example of Jesus, is an approach to leadership where the leader puts the needs of others before their desires and acts as a servant first. Jesus Christ is the ultimate example of a servant leader. And his life... And teachings show us how important it is to lead with love, compassion, and with a servant's heart. As was said in the passage that Carla read, Jesus tells his disciples that leaders should not exercise authority over people. Instead, whoever wants to become great must lower themselves to be a servant. We also find in Scripture that every time God called a leader to a leadership task, God's purpose was to redeem and restore His people through the instrument of that leader. Therefore, biblical leadership does not exist in a vacuum. A biblical leader is an individual called of God to interact with and impact people. As I was working on the sermon, I came across a quote from Sam Voorhees, an international management consultant. Dr. Sam summarized his article, stated, Go, Growing Through Change. In his statement, he said, When we feel we are victims of change, it's important to remember that God's care and love for each of us is much closer than we can imagine. Know that He is with you even during those troubled and insecure times. But the times we have today, I think this might be worth repeating. When each of us feel that we might be victims of the change around us, it's so important to remember that God cares and loves for each one of us is so much closer than we can imagine. We need to remember that He is with us at all times, even during the troubled and the insecure times that we may have today. You know, I've learned over the years that a leader's role is to raise up more leaders. Sometimes we need to be willing to step aside, but not away. We need to raise up leaders as we mentor them. We need to be available and help them with this next generation that Cindy was talking about, of leaders, and help them be successful, set them up for success. I also believe that if a leader does their job correctly, within six months after they step out of the role, they are forgotten. They're forgotten because they've helped raise up the next group. If they are thought of too much, I believe they've failed to do their most important long-term job of creating the next generation of leaders. Many years ago, Carla and I were members of the Presbyterian Church, a very great church. We enjoyed our church family and relationship. But all of a sudden, we had our kids starting to go to the Baptist church because they had a tremendous youth group. Well, the Presbyterian Church is small and didn't have many youth. So our oldest, Jennifer, was going quite often, and she came home one day and proceeded to tell Carla that, uh, oh, by the way, next Sunday I'm going to join the Baptist church. Of course, uh, Carla wanted to keep our family together, and we kind of talked about it, and so what we decided we would do is find another church home that felt comfortable and had everything that we needed. Well, we came to uh, the Baptist Church the first Sunday. Very nice church, but we left and just, it didn't feel right. And it does for a lot of people. Our second Sunday, we stepped into First United Methodist Church. Of course, that United was still part of the name back then. Well, I can tell you, as you see now, we never left. As we are working on the replacement of our current pastor, and, and just to kind of throw this out, I like love to pick on Ryan, and I originally had his name in here quite often, and he asked me to take his name out and put current pastor. So, for everybody that's listening, anytime I say current pastor, I'm talking about Ryan Strebeck and his wife, Amber Lee. So... If you want to say that out loud, when I say a current pastor, kind of like a pep rally, go ahead. Feel good to. But as we're working with our current pastor, our personnel committee was discussing what we needed. Of course, we felt what we needed was for our current pastor to stay. That was not an option. So we talked about the characteristics of what the next leader would need to be. Terry Lawrence, a good friend and also a member of the committee, really said something very profound that I think each one of the committee jumped upon. Terry said, we need a pastor. We don't need a preacher. And as we started to think about it, we need a pastor that is engaged in our community. We need a pastor that is engaged in our church, in our members. We need a pastor that is engaged in our programs. We also need a pastor that brings us biblical studies on Sunday mornings or Wednesday evenings or when you see them at the coffee shop. The group agreed. So we wanted, we wanted was someone that is really pretty good in almost everything. Of course, that current pastor... If he stayed, we wouldn't be going through this process. But some of the things we looked at is the preaching was very important, relationships was really important, our community and being involved is very important, the biblical based knowledge. Well, going back to Carl and I when we came, the community in this church is why we're here. When we visited that Sunday, we walked into a room full of community leaders and not just a warehouse of knowledge. We felt at home, and that's why we're still here. And That's also why the characteristics we need in our next pastor is a leader of leaders. If you look at Proverbs 11, 14, where there is no guidance, a people falls. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. That scripture reminds me of First Methodist Church Sweetwater. One of the famous quotes by John Wesley, do all you can by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at the times you can, for all the people you can, as long as you can. Rereading that, I kept searching for the word can't. I didn't seem to find it. I also was looking, and nowhere does it tell you that you've done enough. Or that when you retire, you step away and quit being involved. Nowhere does it also tell you that you always have to be in charge. That was kind of a tough one for me. But maybe it's an opportunity to step alongside and not step out. Maybe we walk with the next generation of servant leaders. Maybe we do it through one-on-one guidance and through mentoring. We must transfer the leadership knowledge that we have to the next generation of leaders. These leaders will make decisions for our children, our grandchildren, for the betterment of humanity and for God's kingdom. Please know that God has a plan for each of us. God also has each of us where He wants us in this time in history. He has us here for His kingdom, but also for our good. So now comes the ask. First thing I want each of you to know that you are a leader in the way that God has placed you here. Every one of you. What I want you to do is think about the role you play in God's church. Are you an experienced leader that has stepped away and not really sure how to get back involved? Are you an inexperienced joiner that would like to be in a leadership role? Are you someone that's been in a leadership role for a long time and looking for an exit? Or maybe you're somebody that's just in between. I would ask you to pray to God to determine where He wants you to be involved. Another prayer is, I would ask you to pray for that someone that you may know that you think might have that leadership quality, that are maybe afraid to step up. Remember, God doesn't always call the prepared but He always prepares the called. In closing, John 13, 13 13-17. You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash the feet of others. For I have given you an example that you should also do just as I have done for you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You for this day. We thank You for the opportunities that You give each one of us. We thank You that we live in a place that the church can have an open door. We ask that you lay your healing hand on Israel, on each one of us, on the sick, on those that just need your hand. Give us guidance, give us direction, and remind us that if you put someone in front of us, dear Lord, it's our responsibility to take care of them and not step around them because we're too busy. As we leave today, remind us to take the information that you give us and spread it throughout the world and not be that warehouse of information. Amen.